Tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrell pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing. Man. And that's remarkable. Alex, because we do this podcast on Sundays, we don't get to talk about what happens on Sunday Night Baseball, which is maybe an oversight by us, since Sunday Night Baseball often features a main character of our podcast, Alex Rodriguez. But that's the way we've set it up, because we have full-time jobs throughout the week. So Sunday is the best day for us to record this podcast. Right. Well, for, for what it's worth, we started recording this podcast on Sundays before Alex Rodriguez joined the Sunday night, joined and then departed from the That's Sunday true. night baseball booth. That's true. So we were there first. Exactly. Alex Rodriguez needs to bend his media appearance schedule towards the Tipping Pitches podcast, in my professional opinion. Um, so I'm, I'm often, I often find myself talking about something that happened seven days ago to start the podcast out mm-hmm. whenever something interesting happened on Sunday Night Baseball. I want to talk to you about the Kyle Schwarber ejection, which All we right. watched together in yes. person. <laughs> uh, as we sit here on Sunday, May 1st, happy May Day, by the way. To you and all of our listeners. Hell yeah. Um, one of the best ejections of the last couple of years. Yes. But the reason I want to talk to you about it is not because it was a great ejection, which it was, of course. I want to talk to you about a conspiracy that our friend Michael Bauman put out into the ether mm-hmm. about this ejection. Right. And its relationship to the umpire who did the ejection, Angel Hernandez. Bauman is, is galaxy-braining a theory out there that... Angel Hernandez is part of a false flag operation to get fans on board with automated strike zones that will only provide the veneer of accuracy because for some reason, Americans assume anything computerized is infallible. (laughs) I want you to rate this on like a one through 10 scale. Do you believe this conspiracy theory? As far as conspiracy theories go, I think this is a pretty good one. Robot umps are probably one of the more divisive issues, divisive uh, potential rule changes facing the sport right now. Right. But Angel Hernandez, I think, is kind of the bridges, has the ability to bridge that divide. Right. He has kind of a... He He brings people to the center of the aisle is what you're trying to say? Right, exactly. He engenders kind of a universal disdain. Um so like as as far as conspiracy theories go, I'm gonna give this like an eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Nice work by Bauman. Good work. Very good work. Thanks for giving us podcast fodder as always. The thing is, because before we move on from this, it kind of works, right? I, as someone who was anti and and like and like to still think of myself as maybe not entirely sold on it yet, but Right, you just got to come get Alex. You got to <laughs> knock on Alex's door and tell him why he needs to support RoboUmps. Right, exactly. I am the the vaunted uh, swing voter when it comes to robot ups. Alex right? is actually doing this podcast from Iowa. <laughs> We're not doing it in my Brooklyn apartment anymore. Me and uh, a short run. Me and me and Ken Bone are the last the last two guys out there. Pete Buttigieg just busting through like the Kool Aid Man. <laughs> I can't believe I just made a Ken Bone reference in 2022. Yeah. God. It's a tough beat for me. That's the sound of people turning the podcast off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like I saw I saw the call. I saw the strike call and thought, hmm, maybe there is a better way. Sure. I mean, maybe that better way is just get better umpires. Yes. Right? That's I still think kind that of that the would camp be the that counter I made. argument <laughs> that a lot of people would make. Um quick question for you. Should we start a new a new uh segment on the podcast called False Flag Meter? Mm. Where we just we talk about one baseball conspiracy a week and we give it like a one through 10 rating on whether it's real or not. Still workshop in this, how it would work as a podcast segment. But I do kind of like the idea of someone positing a sort of harebrained baseball conspiracy and us deciding the merits of it. Right. It seems fun. Well, there are certainly no shortage. There, well, there is certainly no shortage of harebrained conspiracy theories about baseball out there. Exactly. I think the sport itself likes to produce quite a few of those. Once upon a time, we did like the best baseball conspiracies ever segment, right? 
yeah, no, you're right. That was that was a fun one. Uh, definitely go back and check that out if you haven't. I don't remember the episode uh, number or name. Don't so, even really remember the year. No. Or the conspiracy. 2019? This is... Could have been 2018. <laughs> Riveting podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm in. So uh, thumbs up on this false flag. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, maybe we should make that some Patreon exclusive content. What do you think? The false flag episode? One per week? Sorry, what was that that you you just said? Some what exclusive some content? Some Patreon exclusive content. <laughs> um, if you've been listening to the podcast the last few weeks, you might have heard us talk about the fact that we are launching a Patreon. Uh, we've been bandying about this idea for probably the better part of the last year. Um, as we've started to put more and more time and effort into this podcast we've been doing it since mid 2017 uh it's always been incredibly fun for us to do and a labor of love but it does still require a lot of labor and a lot of our time each week and as much as we would love to be able to do it for free always it's not always possible um so we're launching a patreon it'll be Three tiers. I'm going to turn it over to Alex to describe what is in each of those tiers. But before we even get into the tiers and what's available to people, and we're boring everyone with the details at the beginning of the podcast this week, because we've talked about them at the end of the podcast the last two weeks, and we know that not every single person makes it to the very end of the, the podcast. But this is important because the Patreon is launching today as you're listening to this. You can go sign up for it now at patreon.com backslash tipping pitches. Before we even lay out the tiers, I want to say this episode will always remain free. We just have, just this one though. <laughs> <laughs> this singular episode that you're listening to right now. No, the one episode per week of tipping pitches that we have been doing since time immemorial will always remain free. And whether or not you sign up for the Patreon, we will not lament anyone if they do not sign up if you just want to keep continuing to listen to this Monday episode of tipping pitches. So Alex, I turn it over to you. The, the three Beautiful and perfect tiers of tipping pitches that people can sign up for. Uh, tier number one. This is your $5 tier. This is what we have affectionately nicknamed the, the thanking pitches tier. If you... You'll notice a theme here with the, with the playing jokes off of our name. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let us know when we go too far. Uh, when it gets old. Is that, am I supposed to interject now and say it's already old? <laughs> <laughs> this first tier... This is effectively our thank you tier. If you really appreciate the the work that we have been doing and say, hey, I'd, I'd like to buy these guys a cup of coffee every month, right? Five bucks a month. Just one of us. You have to put in your message which one which you want. Who gets to buy the, the coffee, coffee this month? Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean you get nothing at all, right? So you, we will shout you out uh, on the podcast. We will thank you uh, for your support. And uh, and you'll also get access to our to our private Slack channel, uh, which we affectionately nicknamed Slacking Pitches. Does it feel dumber when you say it out loud? It kind of does. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> it feels dumb to hear it, but we're we're powering through. Um, beyond just making these, you know, a bunch of dumb jokes about the sport that we hate to love and love to hate every week, um, we really are trying to build a community of baseball fans who are looking to make the sport a better, more welcoming place. And this is a part of that effort to create that community. So we want to create a space where, where fans uh, like you, the listener can connect with other fans and talk about, talk about what is uh, what's grinding your gears this week. And, and rest assured Bobby and I will be in there too. Just, just riling things up. A wonderful home. For all of your favorite communist baseball memes, all of your favorite Alex Rodriguez looking awkward screenshots and videos, that sort of stuff. Bad take dramatic readings. We'll be in there at various hours of the day. You know, sometimes we'll pop in at 2 a.m. Sometimes we'll be like, hey, it's noon and I have a slow day at work. I'm watching X game. Let's talk about it. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. Alex, would you like to share the middle tier? Yes, of course. This is our these are mid market teams. You know, right. baseball's middle class. This is seven dollars a month, and as with the lower tier, you will you will get access to that private Slack channel. 
you'll get that shout out on the podcast. You'll also get access to things like extended interviews from, say, narrative projects that we're working on, from conversations that maybe just didn't make it into the regular episode. We oftentimes have have incredible guests on who are far more knowledgeable and entertaining than us. And so if you are interested in hearing us ask dumb questions and them uh, and them answer in smart ways, this is the place to do it. Yeah, a direct, a good direct example of this would be like when we were doing our CBA ABCs and we were talking to all these incredible people who are wonderfully knowledgeable. Uh, extra content would have been like stuff that we didn't have time to bring up or talk about or clauses of the CBA that were just a little bit too esoteric. But if you're super into it, you might get a little bit more out of by us going a little bit deeper. That'll be the extra content in that middle tier. As well as, you know, we've teased it a couple times uh, and we are still working on it as we speak. But our climate series, we've talked to a ton of people for that. Obviously, only snippets of those conversations will be able to make it into that series when it does come out. Um, But on the Patreon, you can have access to extended versions of those snippets that make it into the podcast yep absolutely uh patrons at this middle tier will also get a chance to give input on upcoming t-shirt designs yeah this is a big perk uh, this is a big perk there are as many of you know we routinely drop uh merch that is consistent with our brand whether it is regarding unionizing the the minor leagues or uh or simply you know flipping the bird to the owners but uh, we routinely get requests for various team-inspired designs. We get requests right, color for schemes, color specific sp- kinds of color, color schemes. schemes. That's all it is. Right, exactly. Uh, anyway, this is your opportunity to participate in that conversation. We will, we will open up voting to folks at this tier. Right. I'll say right now we have three new t-shirt designs that are coming out in the next week or so, hopefully. Um, are putting those through the process right now. We had about five that we were choosing from. So if you're in this middle tier, you will actually get to vote on which ones we make and make live and put in the Tipping Pitches store. Yeah, this is the Tipping Pitches focus group tier. Exactly. Um, you'll also get like a fr- the Tipping Pitches telemarketers. <laughs> uh, you'll also get a free sticker pack just because, you know, we love you that much. Um, all right, final tier. I don't like to play favorites, but this is my favorite tier. Yeah. Both in name and in dollar value. <laughs> uh, this one is $12 a month. It is the Alex Rodriguez VIP Club. This is our top tier. And uh, I got to say, it does feature a whole bunch of good stuff. Uh, if I do say so myself. It's the one that you're going to love the most. <laughs> we'll see how many times we can make that joke. <laughs> um, in addition to everything in the lower tiers, we will uh, we will shout you out weekly on the podcast. A little a little thank you, a little producer credit at the end. Um, You'll be listed right after me, Alex, and Alex's mom, who are yes, the current ex- producers ex- of this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we also, I think, as we maybe mentioned last week, and have mentioned in the past, we uh, once upon a time we used to write things. We both we both went to school for it, and then. Never did it again. That's but, not true. I write things still sometimes. There you go. Okay. All right. Sometimes I appear on the ringer.com. We used to write blogs for the Tipping Pitches blog. Anyway, we're bringing it back. The old, the old pen and paper. Uh, a twice monthly newsletter for this, the, the patrons at this top tier, which will feature expanded thoughts on things that we talked about on the podcast. It'll also feature little nuggets and, and tidbits analysis that didn't get a chance to make it in but that we that we thought that you might find entertaining we'll also use this potentially as an opportunity to talk with people around the baseball world in in kind of a long-form format maybe even have guest writers on every once in a while i don't know i don't want to make too many promises but it'll uh, be a place for us to work out ideas as well like it'll be a place for us to tease potential like future directions of the podcast and see how they work out and see how people respond to them and to ask and connect with people on an even deeper level, like with the Slack, but in a little bit more refined way, connect with people on an even deeper level and see what they like about what we're doing and, and what we can expand on and grow with. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. I'll say, I don't want to talk about myself as a writer, but I will say I miss reading what Alex Baisley writes, 
I used to edit him a lot when we were in college together. We edited each other's blog posts when they were going up on the Tipping Pitches website way back when. And it's a lot of fun. So it's going to be fun for us as well. So hopefully that translates over to to you, the eventual future potential, hopefully, reader <laughs> of said newsletter. Two final things here uh, at this tier. We are, we'll be offering live Q&As with, with us if you just want to like shoot the shit. I love uh, how you can't say this one without laughing. I know. I'm like... <laughs> Like we're not just giving out our phone number, but we'll, you know, basically we'll we'll hop on Zoom with you if you want, and we can talk about anything your heart desires. Really, yeah. If you want to go deeper on a topic that we we talked about on the podcast, you have a question about something, we're all ears. If you're interested in maybe getting advice about how to start your own podcast or or something like that, uh, we're happy to talk about that as well. Really, the, the floor is yours for this. It's kind of a, an open forum, a town hall of sorts. Again, we, we want to be able to foster this community. And uh, we'll be doing these every other month. So if you want to pop in, just say hi. If you want to chat with us for a whole ass hour, that's, that's all you. The final thing in the Alex Rodriguez VIP club tier is a custom-designed Tipping pitches, holiday card, once per year, we will mail it out to you. If you are interested in that and you're willing to share your address to receive that holiday card, we will write you a handwritten note saying thank you so much for signing up for this tier. And just to show you our appreciation for being able to make whatever comes in the future of tipping pitches possible by signing up for that highest tier. That really is the impetus behind making this highest tier, but all of the tiers really is being able to kind of build towards eventually hopefully doing this full time so that we can make it even better and commit even more time to it. Because right now, as it stands, Alex and I get together once or twice per week. We flesh it out. We do the best podcast we can. But to be honest, you know, capitalism is eating away at that from time to time. So uh, that's the goal of this this Patreon. We're going to be as transparent as we possibly can about pricing or what's included in the tiers or whenever things change uh we we may add tiers in the future with something like a potential second episode per week at a highest tier um but we will give people plenty of knowledge ahead of time about that so that you can make an informed decision about what tier you are wanting to sign up for if any at all um the last thing from like a like a housekeeping perspective is that you will get charged like right when you sign up. So just be prepared for that. That's the structure of Patreon. And then you'll get charged on the first of every month after that. I know that's important for people to know ahead of time going into it. And so just want to be as transparent and open about that as possible. Um, this is where I get gushy like once or twice per year about tipping pitches and doing this podcast and how exciting it is and how truly unbelievable it is. Like how many people just come in and hang and listen and interact with us in DMs on Twitter and and stuff like that. And so, like I said at the beginning of this, we absolutely understand anyone who can't or is not willing at this moment to sign up for the Tipping Pitches Patreon. But if you are and you really appreciate the work that we've done over the last few years and are striving to continue to do even better, uh, it's our eternal gratitude if you sign up for this. And we apologize in advance for all of the badgering that we're going to be doing here and there on the podcast. We won't make it too bad, but it's not going to be 20 minutes every time. Yes, promise. No, we, but we will have to remind people about it because that's, that's what you're supposed to do. I guess. <laughs> uh, one last thing, just as a little, we make a Patreon and just never tell people about it ever again. <laughs> Nobody signs up. It's like, yeah, we tried. <laughs> one last thing before we get to the, the actual real podcast, um, just as a little treat, a little incentive, for those folks who want to sign up, uh, we will be offering 20% off our merch store. Oh, a one-time 20% off code for those folks who sign up for the Patreon by Friday, May 6th. By the end of Friday, May 6th. We just, again, really appreciate y'all like even wanting to potentially engage with this. And... Uh, and so we wanted to give you all a little something, something extra for those folks who, who want to get in on the ground floor. And like I said, when you get that code, if you already have a lot of our shirts or a lot of our merch, we are launching three new shirts, three new shirts 
If they're not up by Friday, May 6th, and you want to save that code, you can. So you'll get the code, and it'll be good for one-time use. One-time use only, but you can use it once those shirts get into the store. Just yeah. so everybody knows and everybody is clear. Yeah, and and I want to I want to just say I think I think the shirts are good. I think they're good. It's shirts. My opinion as well. Yeah, I share that opinion. All right, are you ready to do a podcast? Let's do the tipping pitches podcast. I hope that everybody could hear in our voices how uncomfortable all of that sharing made us. <laughs> right, and like asking people for things. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, we have a robust where you're going to go coming up and we have a couple other topics to get to but before we do all of that finally 30 minutes into the podcast i am bobby wagner i am alex paisley and you are listening to tipping pitches all right alex before we get to the rest of the show i wanted to take a a quick moment to acknowledge the news that we got the last couple days news that is sort of the last page or at least close to the end of the chapter of a really dark storm cloud that has been hanging over baseball for the last almost year as baseball has been putting off this moment. It's that it's that Trevor Bauer, who was accused by multiple women of sexual assault, has finally gotten his ruling from Major League Baseball, and it is that he is suspended for the next 324 games, as well as the 99 games that he missed while MLB and the MLB Players Association agreed to extend his administrative leave since these first accusations came to light last summer. Um, we've you'll, you'll probably notice that we have not talked about this much on the podcast because I don't feel like there's much that the two of us can really add to this conversation. But I feel like now, since we finally got a ruling from the commissioner's office to resolve this situation, um, I felt like we should at least acknowledge how much severe trauma has just been lingering around from this in the baseball world and around the Los Angeles Dodgers since it came up and as the administrative leave just repeatedly got extended for 14 weeks at a time over the last the better part of the last eight months and I'm I'm happy for whatever this largest suspension in baseball history and the largest handed out under the domestic violence policy that was agreed to in the last CBA and remained the same in this current CBA. I'm happy for whatever solace this offers to people who were looking for some closure on this event. But I also acknowledge this is not the end of this. And this suspension, though some people might have been acting or taking a victory lap like this is all over, the suspension doesn't wipe away everything that happened and the very real experience that we're still learning more and more about as as more women come forward. Um, Ultimately, a reserved good job by MLB for handing out this severe of an ex- of a suspension knowing that he would likely challenge it and be and act in line with the way that he's acted his whole career towards these kinds of things yeah i think it's frankly pretty pitiful that it took this long for MLB to hand down this ruling the facts have really not changed over the course of the last few months. And I think that MLB was really kind of leaning on the courts so that they could make their decision, right? So they could effectively be absolved of, I don't know, having to take a stand yeah. on this. Um, I think that the the sport is, not I think, I know that the sport is frankly better off without him. Um, but I also don't think this wipes away a lot of the culture around the sport that enables people like him to get to this point. And I really don't think we've had the reckoning needed that I think really put him on a very unwarranted pedestal, even while he was, even while he was very clearly showing who he was Mm -hmm. through his words and and through his actions. So I, you know, I I'm not going to say that I'm really expecting a mea culpa from any of the media members or or folks around baseball who hailed him as the 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 once and future king of new baseball. Yeah. But I really hope that folks are taking some time to do some internal reflection around 
what it actually means and what the what the stakes are when we elevate a person like this and when we're willing to overlook a lot of the red flags that they very clearly put out there. So I'm I I say good riddance. Um but I think that this this saga will will have effects that linger far beyond his absence in the sport. Yeah. And to that end, to the point to that last point, I'm I'm still waiting for the front offices that were hot in pursuit of him and free agency to even acknowledge slash not be defensive about the fact that people are wondering why they're not having a little bit more of a public may a couple with that, even if you know it's impossible for for us to expect front offices to expect this kind of behavior from someone who they don't know who was in their who was not in their system, but at the same time, there were very real concerns even before these allegations were were levied against Bauer, and so I think that this 324 game suspension sort of frees at least in the current world that we live in frees the Dodgers and the Mets from having to come out and speak openly and honestly about why they were pursuing this person as a free agent. But I don't necessarily think it should, even though I know that's how it will play out. Yeah. I don't really have anything more to, to say on this other than I, I hope this brings some sort of solace to the folks who I know have been dealing with the trauma of this case for the months that this has dragged on. All right, let's move on. Um, I want to talk about the Yankees letter because it was, uh, I think the Yankees letter phrase had a sort of a high Q rating mm-hmm. in the baseball world, Alex, where it was this juicy idea of, for those who don't know, of a letter from Commissioner Rob Manfred and the rest of the commissioner's office detailing allegations of sign stealing against the New York Yankees from 2017. Now, this would be one thing if it was just that, but it obviously comes within the context of the Astros sign stealing scandal. I think there was a lot of theatrical drama surrounding the Yankees letter because if it if it did prove that the Yankees had cheated in a similar way to the Astros, then it would have been a lot of Schadenfreude for a for a franchise uh full of people who were who were sending some strong words towards the 2017 Astros and the architects of that sign stealing scheme. It came out last week and I won't say that it absolved the Yankees, but a lot of the media acted like it absolved the Yankees. And I found that to be a little weird. And I know you did too, based on your response to Jeff Passan's tweet thread about the Yankees letter coming out. Was it just that for me, it was like Jeff Passan called it a nothing burger. And I was like, my response was, it's not really your call to make mm-hmm. when you're the media reporting on the letter to say that it's a nothing burger. Passan op- operates in this weird space between like hard newsbreaker and news analyst, mm-hmm. columnist, opinionist that ESPN has sort of perfected this little media trope. They do it with Woj. They do it with a number of people on the NFL side, people who break news and do real journalism, but also share opinions about the news that they break. And I thought that before the, the news ever even got out into the world and started germinating as to what, how fans and other organizations felt about the Yankees letter, you already had multiple media people being like, there's nothing here. This is not anything explosive, which I thought was weird. It was really weird because it felt kind of like we were grading this news on a curve right? Like, well, compared to what the Astros did, this is really nothing, right? Like, they're, they were not relaying signs to batters in real time. They were not illegally using the center field camera. And many teams do this, right? So it was kind of a combination of the cheating was not as heinous, and it's also more of a widespread act which I think still kind of upsets a lot of fans. And I think that maybe I don't personally have the ire for this sort of thing that some other fans do. I think to an extent, sign stealing is part of the sport and has gone on for as long as the the game has been around. Obviously not with the use of technology, um, 
but like I think you know I think I I very quickly grew weary of the Astro sign stealing discussion, and I I don't think that that I don't think that this is like a stain upon the sport like some folks might like to make it out to be but i am frustrated with the framing that because it was maybe not as bad as we thought it could have been therefore it's not really something to worry about like they they to to clarify they were still cheating what they did was illegal i want to yeah. i want to point which jeff passan is uh is happy to note in his follow-up tweet after calling it a nothing burger. To clarify, <laughs> they did illegally do this. <laughs> the wise man bowed his head and said, there's actually no difference between good and bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm frustrated with the state of control it seems like MLB actually has on its 30 teams. Like, it just seems, it's like a little bit wild, wild west outlaw justice to me. And this story exemplifies that perfectly. They cheated, but not as bad as the other people who were cheating. So therefore, they get basically no punishment. They paid like a $200,000 fine, no suspensions, no public ridicule, basically. And this is now five years old. So most people are not even on the team anymore. And people seem to not care about this. People, including large media reporters, seem to not care about this. So it's just a little bit confusing in, in the same way that it was last year when we had all of the sticky stuff conversation, it's like, if you have these rules, but then you don't really enforce them, what's the point of having all of these rules to begin with? And it's just left, I think, a lot of fans in a very confused and awkward position. I'll end by saying I don't really care. I don't really care what was in the Yankees letter. Um, and I said this throughout the entire Astros cheating scandal. Be careful as a fan how high and mighty you get. How tall is that high horse that you're sitting on? Because there were credible accusations at the time, and now they are coming to light, of your favorite team probably doing something similar. Front office people move among teams all of the time. All of the time. And if you'll remember, a scandal that has gotten almost completely buried by other scandals in the sport you remember when the Cardinals hacked the Astros system? <laughs> Chris Correa was that guy's name, I believe, if I remember correctly. He worked on the Ast- he worked for the Astros before he worked for the Cardinals. So it's safe to say multiple people in multiple front office and multiple front offices know about the impropriety of other front offices and they probably share a lot of those techniques. Um but that was my only real gripe with the with the news cycle about the Yankees letter. I don't think like the Yankees season should be stricken from the record or anything crazy like that. But I also don't think that people who report on the news should be deciding whether news is important. Right. Or not. Okay. Here's a thought. We come up with like some sort of incentives for teams not to cheat. Right. So like maybe if you don't steal signs extra using picks and you get more draft picks. Yeah. Uh, a year of extra team control on the player of your choice. There you go. Yeah. Maybe like a, Maybe your revenue sharing gets bumped up a little bit. Good, yeah. That's good. I like that. I just don't understand how else teams are supposed to play within the, the boundaries of the rules that are set out, right? It's impo- I mean, when it's right there in front of you, it's just too tempting. Yeah. That's what I've been led to believe. That's what I've been told. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Where you gonna go, Alex? That is my question to you. And that is, I think, an appropriate question for our first on the list this week. It's uh, for those who, who haven't listened the last couple of weeks when we've been doing this segment, where you're going to go is a segment where we talk about shitty things that owners and management and GMs and those sorts are doing to fans, basically. <laughs> it's really, we just um, renamed the main portion of every one of our podcasts. Yeah, pretty much. Um, this first item this week, it, hit, it hits close to home for you. It's our friend Dave Cavill having a meltdown on Twitter. A true and bona fide, you don't see these every day, Twitter meltdown yeah. from a president of a baseball team. And I, kn- I know to the, to the non-A's fan listeners out there, I know we've talked a lot about Dave Cavill in the last couple weeks. 
rest assured, this is not A's bias. If your team president is having a meltdown on Twitter, please write in, let us know, and we will do the deepest of dives on it's it. Tippingpitchespod at gmail.com. Tipping <laughs> underscore pitches on Twitter. 785-422-5881 for the voicemail. It does happen to be that the A's president is the one who's who's turning into a corn cob on I, Twitter. I believe that we are going to make this into a blended bad take dramatic reading segment. Right. So take it away, Alex. <laughs> so to set the scene, the Oakland A's are playing their crosstown rivals, the San Francisco Giants, in San Francisco at Oracle Park. And it and it starts with a a relatively innocent tweet from from one Hal the hot dog guy who uh, who sells hot dogs at a at a A's games and he's also like getting his PhD at Cal in environmental economics. Anyway, good Twitter follow if you care at all about the economics of baseball and and or hot dogs. Um, I care about both of those things. Hey, there you go. Smash that follow button, baby. Probably a lot of people listening do too. <laughs> um, I know he, our listeners. He sends out a selfie from the from the stands at Oracle Park, saying "Behind enemy lines," which you know it's a little little casual A's Giants rivalry tweet. No, no harm done. Well, the the president of the Oakland A's. That's right, the president of the Oakland A's. This is a man who makes. Probably over a million dollars a year to make decisions for the Oakland Athletics. Uh huh. Yeah. He quote tweets this and says, Stay strong. I wonder if the SF media is going to comment on the sparse attendance. Eyes emoji. And then he tags three members of the San Francisco based sports media. <laughs> the photo, you should say, the photo is a selfie. Of how the hot dog guy looks like not that many people in the stands. Gotta right. say, it's like a day game on a Tuesday. Right. So, you know, I bet most people listening to this have been to a day game on a Tuesday at one point or another in their life. Usually not a ton of people. Those are not the most attended baseball games. Right. Yeah. I the 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 recorded attendance for this game was, I believe, in the ballpark of thirty two thousand. So like So like ten times the size so like of the still attendance. Pretty of fucking most decent. <laughs> Um, this Dave Cavill tweet, the, the initial one, because it really is like a, like a three tweet masterclass that he gives in meltdowns, right? Like it's the early 2000s Star Wars trilogy has nothing, has <laughs> nothing on this. Because, <laughs> the team who does Ted Cruz's social media is jealous. <laughs> because he, he obviously, he, he starts out, he's, he's making a joke about the recent hand wringing over the A's attendance by Bay Area media, right? While also... Heathen media like the, us the here. He, the pictures. heathen media. Yes, exactly. While also trying to get a little dig in at the Giants. Yeah, two uh, birds with one and, stone. And, right, exactly. And this tweet in a vacuum is maybe fine if it if it ends here. I mean, it's obnoxious. And it's like... Don't you have better things? Aren't you like trying to build a stadium? You know, Wouldn't like you love to have thirty-two thousand people at your games, right? Like it's only the the tweet is only funny if you willfully forget why A's attendance is so damn low right now. Yeah, it'd be one thing if the A's had the best record in the AL West and he was tweeting this, right? Exactly. Uh, Eno Saris, who who writes for the Athletic and, and whom I love, tweets a photo out from replies to Dave's tweet. With a photo from the press box of a of a seemingly like somewhat filled stadium, another Twitter user responds to Eno's tweet with yet a third picture of of what looks like maybe the first or, or third base line, half filled seats. And then, like at this point, I'm kind of like out on this argument. I'm like, guys, you can you can make a picture of the stadium look any way you want. I actually really yeah. don't care how many fans are there. This is the largest presidential inauguration in the history of presidential inaugurations. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, Dave quote tweets this third photo with an eyes emoji again. And it's and so funny and to adds, imagine him sitting there, like seeing like, these tweets and being like, "They're fucking finished." Yeah, like I got them. Oh no, caught in the act of not filling your stadium. He he adds um, at empty seat picks on Twitter. And didn't even know that was a thing. And no, me neither. Forty eight thousand followers though, so that's you and me are the only ones that didn't know. More than the total number of fans who have gone to an A's game this year. <laughs> 
So as I said, Dave quote tweets this with an eye emoji. He's the king of the quote tweets, by the way. Never replies, always quote tweets. Now it's this weird kind of like dick measuring contest where Dave is like just taking jabs at Giants fans, the the Giants baseball team, the Giants media. I mean, you can like see the tears welling up in the eyes emojis in this tweet. You, <laughs> you know, like he's he's not mad at all. I, he swears. He's really getting close to taking his ball and going home. Yeah, exactly. Another local sports reporter quote tweets that that tweet and and says, LOL, this is just sad. Because it, it kind of is. Dave brings it home. Here we go, Dave. Mm-hmm. I really kind of want you to like, pinch your nose and make it like a, hey, empty seat picks. It's kind of how I was reading it in my head. It is sad how few fans are at the game. Maybe the local media can look into the at SF Giants marketing. Ask some questions. Get to the bottom of what's going on. <laughs> If this doesn't convince you to sign up for the Patreon, <laughs> I honestly don't know what will. You know, we, we might never get you. <laughs> I don't know if that was more more Dave Cavill or Ben Shapiro, but it's okay. Uh, to be honest, like they kind of look the same. I mean, I would think politically, like Dave is far closer to Ben Shapiro than anyone like you or I. I I don't even want to weigh in on that. I mean, he was like he like interned for Bush. Remember, we like we like oh, looked that up. Like, oh, yes. he like actually is a Republican. Oh yes, this mm-hmm. is starting to make sense now. Okay, he yeah. thought he was about to get like the best own of all time off. Exactly. And, and really, yes. he's just like <laughs> dunking all over himself. Right. This is liberal, like when Twitter liberal. got rid of all those bots, <laughs> and all the conservatives were like, "I'm losing all my followers. <laughs> this is rigged." Liberal San Francisco sports team gets owned. <laughs> Liberal San Francisco sports team owned by Charles Johnson. (laughs) Right-wing tea party, dark money god, Charles Johnson. But the thing is, like, he's just digging his heels in at this point, right? He makes the same joke again about how SF media is obsessed with attendance. And, like, at this point, you're just being willfully ignorant of what's actually going on. Right. At your own stadium. The Giants are top 15 in attendance and the A's are dead last. Right. Exactly. And again, it goes from being kind of like petty digs at SF Media, which he loves to do, petty digs at the Giants, to like using a very real, to using a very real storyline about A's attendance and fandom about around baseball in Oakland, and using that as like a cudgel just to get like digs in at the Giants and the media, and their fans. And I don't know. I just, I've seen small children have, like, more reasonable meltdowns <laughs> than this. Like, it's easier to talk them off a ledge than it is yeah. Dave Cavill. Uh, you left out my favorite part, which is that after he did those three tweets, he he went on a little retweet spree mm-hmm. of all of the people that he saw in his mentions who were agreeing with him. The very <laughs> vocal minority of people agreeing with him in his mentions he just started retweeting them. Yep. Honestly, I saw that Elon Musk wants to charge people a dollar to quote tweet other people. It's like one of his ideas for once he privatizes Twitter for monetizing it. I don't know if that's real or not or if I just got conned by some some fake news article from like 12up.com. <laughs> but if he wants to charge Dave Cavill a dollar to do these quote tweets with people who are agreeing with him, I'm fine with that. Yes. I'm, I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. I'll just move on to screenshotting people. Instead of quote tweeting them. Yeah. If it ends the Cavill quote tweet cavalcade. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. 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 Pretty good. Incredible straw man work from him. He's just arguing with no one. Mm-hmm. Well, he is arguing. No one is like the, Gi- the the San Francisco media is afraid to cover the Giants. Right. For what they really are. Yeah. Which is a small market embarrassment of a franchise that won 107 <laughs> games last year and has absolutely buried you in payroll. Since since before the franchise even moved to fucking Oakland. <laughs> it's so stupid. At one point in here, he's interacting with a Twitter account uh, that is posing as a seagull at Oracle Park. Like, he's he's getting into a flame war with a seagull. Look at the attendance numbers, Mr. Seagull. Yep. Yeah, he, he says, uh, let's see. Good luck in the dumpsters. I heard there are, they are spelled wrong. I heard there are some half-eaten nachos. 
I wait. The best part about all of this, which the listeners don't know yet, because they don't have the privilege of getting to text you in real time while stuff like this is going on. Mm-hmm. Another reason to sign up for the Patreon, by the way, so that you can be in Slack when stuff like this goes down and you it's can true. see Alex's responses. Alex was like real world mad about this when this was happening. He was texting me and he was like, I could feel my face getting hot mm-hmm. as I'm trying to read through these tweets as Dave Cavill is just melting down further and further. He's like, I'm just sitting in my apartment by myself listening to music on Twitter fuming. Fuming. I don't I mean, I don't know if there is there a more reasonable reaction to this sort of thing watching the president of your team. You should have just quote tweeted him and said cry more lib. <laughs> Corn cob emojis. I don't know, man. Cope. I don't. There's <laughs> the first good use of the word cope on Twitter in the history of Twitter. I just, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm over it. I mean, I'm not, obviously, clearly, given that we just spent like 20 minutes breaking it down. Yeah. As we do, as we should. Mm-hmm. What else are we here for? It's really, it's really good. It's great work by him. Yeah. It, Thanks, Dave. I, I encourage you all to, to go find, find his account, read through the tweets. It's a it's a nice piece of entertainment on this Monday afternoon. As um, I as I said on Twitter, and I stand by it, I would tell him to log off, but it's just too good for the podcast for him to stay logged on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, what is next up in the segment? All right, next up in the segment is um, it's actually not baseball related, Alex, but we're on the beat of the sports dystopia here at Tipping Pitches, as our longtime listeners already know and probably the most dystopian thing i saw in sports last week was the quotes from new york state governor kathy hochel the governor of the great state that you and i reside in alex at the press conference to talk about giving 600 million dollars in state money to the buffalo bills of the national football league to build a new stadium this this really actually kind of broke my brain a little bit um, here's what Kathy Hockle had to say about giving $600 million of public funds to the Buffalo Bills. Quote, I love the fact that this is the largest construction project in Western New York history. Quote, this is going to ensure that our children's children are going to get to watch the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Alex has set the microphone down <laughs> to process these quotes. She turned giving billionaires $600 million for free into like a weird save the future of our children thing. Mm -hmm. She's like, she's acting like giving the Buffalo Bill $600 million is like Medicaid. (laughs) Or like, this is the backbone of our economy. Or or like, yeah, the Green New Deal or something. Right. Exactly. You're not going to have a world without. The Buffalo Bills getting $600 million of public funds. Mm-hmm. Never mind fixing education in New York State. Nope. No siree. We're going to give $600 million to the Bills. Yeah. Your, your grandkids may not be able to afford to, to live in the state, but boy, are they going to enjoy that hours-long commute from fucking New Jersey <laughs> to go to that gorgeous $600 million no that's not the whole price of it they just gave him 600 million dollars gotcha gotcha um they're just doing it for the kids you know (laughs) it's like it's like building a new playground (laughs) right except the playground actually costs 100 dollars to get in per person yeah i was just about to say are they is this gonna make it a it it should make it much cheaper to go to games right because the billionaires have already gotten their their money right exactly that's definitely how it's gonna work Great. I think Bills games are going to be free from this point on. Yeah. This actually was their way of nationalizing the Bills sneakily. <laughs> they got them. I mean, they hey. They got them, folks. Here we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm in on it. All right. I don't have that many more jokes to make about this. I just felt like we needed to talk about it because it just goes to show that the playbook of billionaires in general, but particularly billionaires who own sports teams, is just remarkably similar from sport to sport. Like mm-hmm. they are all in cahoots. They are all in conjunction with each other. And the more that we can identify that and speak that out loud, the more h- hilarious but also like I said dystopian these patterns start to become. 
yeah, I, sky is blue, water is wet, billionaires get handouts from from the state. <laughs> Nothing changes. Uh, okay, we have one more in where you're going to go this week, and <laughs> similar storyline, Alex. The Atlanta Braves would like more money from Cobb County mm-hmm. for the continued development of their like kind of company town. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. You have the details on this one. I I'd like to point out when they were uh when they were asking for taxpayer money, you know, the last time around for their new stadium. Right, the most recent time. But not the time before that. Not the time not the time. Or the time, time before the time before that. Right. But but this this last time, which again they received three hundred million dollars, that's right. from the public. Right. They said, "That's it. They're 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 not going to need any more. That they are not going to seek any more incentives for for mixed use development surrounding the stadium." Which you know, good on them for. We're going cold turkey off public funds. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had some withdrawals. <laughs> Jesus. This is from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Brian Eason. Uh, he he writes how the Atlanta Braves development arm, that is actually what what that part of their company is called. The development arm is is looking to build an office tower in their greater truest park uh, urban area. They're they're looking to build a uh, an office tower that would what are they calling it? The battery. Right, it's called the battery. Yes. Right. Anytime you can give a quirky little nickname to your gentrification project, it just makes it a little easier. Right, exactly. Um, just ask the Cubs. Basically, the team went before the county on Tuesday, and rep- representatives for uh, both the Braves and for Truist Financial said they are looking for a 10-year property tax break that would help finance the cost of this $200 million project. Now, to the county's credit, one of these board members, on the development authority said, hang on, last time you came before us, you said that was it. Yeah. This is their intervention. Yes. They let's see how long we can keep this metaphor (laughs) going. (laughs) They said, one of the things I recall when the battery in the park were built was the promise that the Braves would not come back and ask for any additional abatements (laughs) beyond what was already being provided to the ballpark. Now, Mike Plant, who is the president of the Braves development arm. So he took to Twitter and he started quote tweeting a bunch of people. <laughs> no, he didn't do that? No, eyes emoji, just, eyes emoji. Dave Cavill? He said, he said, the bill's got $600 million. Eyes emoji. We're not asking for the tax breaks. Truist is. Oh. So the Braves convenient are the owners of the building. Truist will be the people leasing space in the building. Oh, okay. So therefore... It is actually not the Braves who are benefiting from this tax break for the development um, of this office space. It is the the people who will be paying the Braves for this office space that was built um, by tax break. I don't know. Well, regardless, <laughs> regardless, the Braves are not benefiting from this at all. They want no, to assure no. you. They just get... A gigantic piece of real estate, but they don't benefit from it. Right. This reminds me of of when um, the subways were completely breaking down, and Cuomo and De Blasio were just like, "It's not actually me who needs to fix them, but it's you who needs to fix them. Mm-hmm. But it's not you who has the authority and owns them. It's me who owns them. But your job is to fix them. But I own them. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just see how long we can pass the hot potato back and forth before people realize what's going on. Yeah. They, they their other excuse because one was not enough, right? They want to make sure they want it to they want to make it very clear that they are not breaking this promise, right? Um, <laughs> a, a chair. Uh, this is actually from the from the county. A chair uh, offered the idea that since this development is is technically outside the battery, the the, the Braves. Um, announced it as being inside the battery for for clarification's part. But this this county official said, let's say just for argument's sake that it weren't inside the battery, even though it is. <laughs> this is a piece of property that we're talking about. Even though it's close, it's not the same piece of property. So it is 
Well, it's technically inside the battery. It's also not. But if it means that you can advertise it that way and make money off of being a part of this new uh, beautiful mixed-use development that the Braves are building around their stadium, then then it technically is. Yeah, we'll do a little redistricting. But like, what is, for you. what is a battery if not really just a state of mind? The real lines for the battery are the friends that we made along the way. I just, once again, I, as with the the last topic that we discussed in this section, I have no actual analysis to this. It's just no capacity for shame, dog. No. Just like they don't care. Nope. Because it's so esoteric and confusing and bureaucratic that just they know that nobody's going to call them out on it. Right. People aren't going to stop coming to games. They won the World Series last year. Right. It's and And... By the way, while they were winning the World Series, they had a bunch of people fucking giving them a round of golf applause for gentrifying the Cobb County area Mm -hmm. that they did. Yeah. Also for moving out of Atlanta, which is a whole different thing. Right. Like this isn't even incompetency. It's just a kind of open acknowledgement of, I I don't know. It's a kind of a similar sentiment that I've heard before. Uh, Where are you going to go? What are you gonna do? Where are you gonna go? That's right. I have an honorable mention for where you're gonna go. Okay. It's uh it's major league baseball not being able to develop a baseball. Where are you gonna go? <laughs> Even though the ball sucks, pitchers hate it, hitters hate it, fans can't understand it. It's major league baseball, baby. <laughs> That's where you're gonna go this week. Let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're gonna bombard you about Patreon. Okay, Alex, that does it for another week of Tipping Pitches. Patreon.com backslash Tipping Pitches. The link is in the description, and it will be forever from now on. It'll just be there for you. Maybe you don't sign up today. Maybe you don't sign up tomorrow. Maybe you don't sign up this month. But it's going to be there in the description when you do want to sign up. Trust me. Three tiers. Five dollars. The thank you tier. You get added to the Tipping Pitches Slack. Seven dollars. You get all that stuff from the thank you tier. You also get a free sticker packet and you get ex- extended interviews from narrative projects and just normal conversations that we have with people. Twelve dollars. The Alex Rodriguez VIP club. The one that we love the most. The one that he loves the most. The one that you're going to love the most. If you sign up for it, you get access to the Slack, a sticker packet, extended interviews, a newsletter. Every other week, a live Q&A on Zoom with me and Alex every other month, and a handwritten, custom-designed, tipping pitches holiday card expressing our gratitude for how much support you've shown us along the way on this journey of making this year podcast once a year. That's $12. Alex Rodriguez VIP Club. Patreon.com backslash tipping pitches. As always, if you want to reach out to us, it's tippingpitchespod at gmail.com. If you have questions about the Patreon, but you're not signed up for it yet and you can't message us there, please feel free to reach out to us over email, tippingpitchespod at gmail.com. On Twitter, tipping underscore pitches. If you want to call our voicemail and ask the question, I guess you can. 785-422-5881 probably is not the best way of getting the quickest response, um, but you can. And... I know that we spent a ton of time belaboring it at the beginning of this podcast, but I I truly cannot express enough gratitude in advance for anyone who signs up for it because it's going to make our lives a lot easier and contribute, honestly, a lot to us growing this podcast, expanding this podcast, and making it better in the future for those of you who like listening. Right. The goal of this is not for us to buy a $3 million home in Los Angeles. Well, uh, that might not be your goal. (laughs) No, we're not just pocketing this money and running. We want to use this to invest it back in the podcast to make this even better than it already is. And, uh, And we can do that with your help. So thanks to everyone 
in advance uh, who does sign up. Thanks to those who don't. You know, thanks for just listening anyway. I I love you regardless. Patreon.com backslash tipping pitches. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Uh, I'm Alex Rodriguez. Tipping pitches. Tipping pitches. This is the one that I love the most. Tipping pitches. So we'll see you next week. See ya. This first here is if you really appreciate the the work that we're doing. They're just huskies at this Mariners Marlins game, just like. Just like a bunch of dogs. And the- you want me to leave this in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got so distracted. You're just watching a Mariners Marlins game while we're doing this? Well, you something got to have something on it. You're not even a fan of either of those teams. <laughs>